Thank you for listening to our New Life Christian Center podcast. Stay tuned after the sermon for more ways to connect with us. Let's pray before we get started here this morning. Father God, we come to you. And Father, we we open our hearts to you and we ask in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the power of your spirit that you would flood our hearts today with understanding, with revelation, knowledge of who you are, Father God. Flood our hearts with the understanding of the truth. I just surrender to the Holy Spirit, and Holy Spirit, I ask that you would speak through me, that I would only speak what I hear you tell me to speak, and that as I speak forth the word of God, that the word of God is alive, and it is active, and it is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to discern the thoughts and the intents of our hearts, that it will not return void, but it will accomplish, Father God, what you sent it to accomplish. I thank you that you will transform our lives, our hearts today. I ask that you would burn the word of God into our hearts, that you would set our hearts on fire with a holy passion for your perfect will, for who you are in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, we've been talking about the difference between understanding what what we what is a mental ascent, a mental understanding, and what is an understanding in our heart. And we started with Ephesians 1 when Paul is praying that our hearts would be flooded with with understanding, with a revelation knowledge. And in that, then we can see with our hearts. And we can see differently with our hearts than what we can see with our natural mind. And so we're we're going to we're gonna we're going to bring it on home here today. But this morning, I want to start in Mark chapter 6. So open your Bibles to Mark chapter 6. And I'm actually going to read my scripture from King James today. And we're going to look at um, we're going to start with verse chapter 6 of Mark, and we're going to start with verse 51 and 52. So this is, this is after Jesus has fed the 5,000, and he ends up sending the disciples to go across the lake. He tells them to get into the boat and to go to the other side. Jesus goes up to pray. The storm hits and when he looked when Jesus looks out he sees that that the wind is boisterous he sees that the that the um disciples are struggling you know they're they're rowing and 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 they're afraid of the storm so Jesus goes to them and when he goes to them it says that in fact if we would back up to verse 48 it says and he saw them toiling in row in rowing for the wind was contrary unto them and about the fourth watch of the night he cometh unto them walking upon the sea and would have passed by them but when they saw him walking upon the sea they supposed it had been a spirit and they cried out for they all saw him and were troubled and immediately he talked with them and saith unto them be of good cheer it is i be not afraid and he went up to them into the ship and the wind ceased and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered 
for they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. They didn't, you know, do you find it interesting that, you know, they're going through this storm and, and then the scripture starts talking about when they fed the 5,000. And it says that, that when he fed the 5,000, they didn't consider the miracle. So I looked that word up, consider, and that word consider means to study, to ponder, examine, meditate, to, to meditate on, to cause it to be your heart to be occupied with the miracle. Now, because they didn't do that over the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, their hearts were hardened. So when we don't consider something, our heart becomes hardened towards something that we don't consider. Do you see where I'm going? Think about what's going on in the world today. If we're continually considering all the darkness, all of the evil that's going on, our heart becomes sensitive to what we're considering. And when we consider everything that's going on in the world and all of the enemy's plans, and we're not considering who our God is and how great our God is, how unlimited our God is, we are actually, by what we're considering, we're hardening our hearts towards God and we're making our hearts sensitive towards the darkness and towards the evil of what's going on in this world. We can put that with any situation that we're in. What, you know, for, for example, for us, we can consider what the doctors say and what the limitation of the world is, and my heart will become sensitive. It'll become tender towards what the doctor's saying, and it affects my heart, and it causes my heart to be hardened towards what God says, and God says that nothing is impossible with him. God says he's my healer. He has healed all of us. Which one am I going to consider? The more I consider what's going on in the natural, that's where I'm going to live, whether I want to live there or not. My heart is going to be sensitive to that. When Jesus looked at the loaves of bread, he had five loaves of bread and he had two fish. He had 5,000 people to, to feed. He could have looked at what he didn't have. In the natural, it looked like he did not have enough. But what he did was he looked up into heaven, and when he looked up into heaven, he looked up to get a different perspective. God, what is your perspective in this situation that I'm in? We forget to look up into heaven with each situation that we have. We start going down the road of our own understanding, our, what we're seeing with our natural eyes, Okay, you can look at the world today, and for the last three, year, three years, it's been in some major chaos. And if you keep looking at everything that you're seeing in the natural and what is going on without looking up to heaven, you're going to get frustrated, you're going to get hopeless, you're going to get fearful. 
you're going to feel like that, that, you know what in the world, that there is no hope of what's going on. When you, when you stop yourself and you make the decision to look into heaven and ask God, what is your perspective of what is going on? You see a completely different picture than what you see with your natural eyes. And what happens is, is that when you look up into heaven and you start, you start getting God's perspective on the situation, you will start getting God's answers. You will start getting direction on how God wants you to walk it out, on how God wants you to pray, how God wants you to rest. But we can't, we can't allow our hearts to become hardened. And when we allow our hearts to become hardened, it will direct our life. In Proverbs, it says to guard our heart with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life. The direction your life is taking you is coming from your heart. It is not your circumstances that's directing where you're going. It's what's living in your heart. And see, that's what this, what I've been trying to teach for the last few Sundays is that what, what is in our hearts is the direction that our life is going to take us, right? And so I need to be aware, you need to be aware of what's living in our hearts. And one of the ways that, that we can understand that and we can recognize that is that Okay, for instance, we can say, yes, I believe that God is my healer and that by Jesus stripes, I can go to the word, I can prove it to you, I can give you, you know, a bunch of scriptures about that God is my healer. But then what God has been showing me is that, I, I, you know, that's my mental understanding, but I need, I need the Holy Spirit to flood my heart with that understanding so that I can walk in it so that out of my heart, it will flow, you know, out of me. And the way I do that is by recognizing that when I get fearful, okay, wait a minute here, God, I'm, I'm feeling myself be a little fearful. I need a deeper understanding. Instead of just quoting, by Jesus' stripes, I am healed, and declaring that I believe in healing, I need to acknowledge what's living in my heart. And when I catch my heart being a little fearful, a little anxious, whatever, you know, being, being doubtful, that's just when I don't receive condemnation, but I'm like, thank you, Holy Spirit, for showing me, showing me that. Now, give me that deeper understanding. Give me the understanding of Jesus as my healer. I want to have that understanding in my heart so that I can not only walk in it myself, but that I can minister to that to other people. When I look at the word of God and I see that Jesus healed everyone that came to him, he healed all of them. I'm not going to be satisfied with the fact that yes, I believe that, but I'm not seeing it manifested in my life or in other people's lives that I'm ministering to on a daily basis. Okay, so that's what I want you to consider is that are there things in your life that you see in the word of God, that you understand in the word of God intellectually, but you're not seeing it manifested in your life. You're not seeing it living in your heart. You don't have that picture of it living in your heart. 
And when you see somebody come that is sick, do you see them sick or do you see them in your heart healed? Okay, that's how we, that's how we can judge and to know, am I, am I understanding this intellectually or is this a living life on the inside of me, a living scripture that is living there? Okay, now that we went there, I'm, I want you to turn to 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, and let's, I'm going to read it from the Passion. And I want you to think about considering, okay? Not, not just that this is, you understand it intellectually, you understand it's in the Bible. Most of these scriptures I'm going to give you this morning are scriptures that you all probably have completely memorized. 1 John 4.4, 4. little children, you can be certain that you belong to God and have conquered them, for the one who is living in you is far greater than the one who is in this world. Okay, if we're going to consider this scripture, then is the one living in you greater than the darkness that's going on in this world? You all say that. Are you responding to God that way? Are you responding to the darkness that way? Or do you get overwhelmed by what you're hearing and by what you're seeing in the world? Are you getting the picture? See, when I, when I consider and I look at the world, I'm not saying that there's not a lot of darkness out there. What I'm saying is that you were created for this time and this season, and God has a plan, and God, he destroyed the works of the enemy. Your enemy is conquered. But when you look at the world and you consider what you think you see in the natural with your natural eyes, what do, you, what do you see? You see how huge and how awful the darkness seems to be. And then what do you do? You talk about it. You talk about it with your friends, you know, and, and, we, and we try to come up with a reason or, or our own wisdom, our human wisdom on how we can put a stop to this. What do we need to be doing? Now, I want you to consider something here when you hear me say that. What did Jesus say about himself? Jesus said, I only do what I hear the Father say and what I see him doing. What if we lived by that principle? What if we only did what we saw Jesus do and we only say what we heard Jesus say to us in the situation. The reason that I really feel like that this is something that we really need to get a hold of as a body at New Life is because the word that went forth last Sunday, and if you weren't here, I would encourage you to get that word because that was a word that God spoke to this body and one of the things that he said was, he said, are you willing to be willing? And see, what th that's really what I'm saying, and that's what the word of God says right here. Are you willing to consider what Jesus, the way God sees it? If, if we're not willing to go there and, and look up into heaven first, 
before we before we come up with our solution and we come up with what what we say that that it looks like we're going to miss it and God said in that word last Sunday, he said to us that, that we have till the first of the year, that he wants us to prepare in our willingness. Are you willing to look up into heaven and to get a different perspective for every situation that you're in? Because if we're, if we're not willing, we're going to live as mere men. And God did not design us to live as mere men. He designed us to live the way, to, to live a victorious life, to live in his strength, in his power, in his wisdom. He designed us to be a city on a hill, to be light and to be salt. Okay, so that means if I want to be light and I want to be salt, I have to be able to look up into heaven and get God's perspective, be listening to him in every situation that I'm in. Whenever I come in contact with people, Father God, what is it that you want to say to this person? What do you want them to see? Do you just want me to love on them? Do you just want me to pray for them? Do you just want me to trust that you are in me and that you are reaching out, that they can actually see past me and they can see you? Okay? So if the one that is living in you is far greater than the one that's in this world, and he's the one that's living in you has already defeated this world. He's defeated the darkness. Right? So we do walk differently than non-believers. Let's look at 1 John 4, verse 17. 1 John 4, verse Herein is our love made perfect, but that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. If Jesus was here today, and he was walking in this world, would he be afraid, would he be anxious, and would he be overwhelmed by the darkness that he sees going on in the world? He would not, would he? He is living on the inside of each and every one of his children. And so if we would be aware, okay, wait a minute, Jesus is living in me. We teach our kids in Sunday school at an early age that when they ask Jesus Christ to be their Lord and Savior, that Jesus lives in them. What does that mean to you? Have you stopped to consider, now wait a minute, I'm, I'm not alone. And, you know, I have Jesus in me. His very life, his power is in me. His wisdom, his knowledge is in me. Does that change how you see your circumstances? It should change how we see our circumstances. So what that means is 
that, okay, I have available to me, I have power and I have life and I have wisdom available to me because he's living on the inside of me. What is your perspective? Instead of going to the world and the news media and, and, and seeing what their perspective is, why not see what God's perspective is? Do you think we're supposed to be different than the world? See, when God said to us, be an overcomer, that he's created us to be more than a conqueror, to be an overcomer, that we are to live victorious lives. People of God, you're going to be frustrated till the day you meet Jesus if you try to do that in your natural man. Because your natural man cannot live there. So if you want to live there, you have to make a choice to look up into heaven on every situation that you come in contact with and say, what is your perspective on this situation? And, and ask the Holy Spirit, flood light, flood wisdom into my heart. Give me that understanding. Show me how to go forth. Does that, so I have another question for you to consider. Because the economy is bad, does that mean that has to affect us? Go to the word and, and, and look. And if the word says, oh yeah, you can prosper, but only if the economy is good right now in, in your situation. See, it doesn't say that, does it? But what do we do? We look at the economy. We look at how much, and, and I, I, listen, I have to confess that God has really been dealing with me on this because I will go to the grocery store and I will get mad. And I get mad at what things cost. And, and I was just discussing it with Glenn the other day and I said, I can just feel that anger just rise up on the inside of me and I get so frustrated. And what I hear my small, still voice say to me is, who's paying for this? And I'm like, well, you are. You know, see, we say that, don't we? We say, God, everything I have is yours. You're, you're my provider, right? But then we, out of our mouth, we complain. And what did the word of God say yesterday, or last Sunday? What the word that came forth was to stop the complaining. And see, and when God says to me, who's paying for this? I'm like, yeah, you're right. And then God will point out to me, does he run out of money? No, but I might run, my pile might run out. Well, then who's, who am I considering this taking care of it? Does that make sense? I mean, God goes down this road with me all the time. And it's like, okay, I'm starting to see it. If you are ultimately my provider, you, you're the God of abundance. We, we memorize those scriptures right away. God, you are the God of abundance. You're exceedingly above and beyond. But we don't live like it. And I'm not saying live like it to spend money you don't have. I'm talking about being aware of what's living in your heart. And you know what? If you don't, if you don't, keep your heart sensitive to God and let him come in and deal with things, then your heart will be hardened. And you won't, you won't hear those things that the spirit of God wants to say to you. And see, the thing that, 
that we that we forget is sometimes we think that that when when the Holy Spirit is to convict us that he's just going to convict us of how rotten we are and that's not that's not what he wants to convict us of he wants to convict us of who our God is of the righteousness that's been made available for us to be able to walk in he wants to convict us of the freedom that is available to us so that we would be salt and light unto the world that people would look at us and they would say you definitely have something that I don't have do you remember when I've shared my salvation you know they had that lady that came into the restaurant all the time she never said a word to me but I was drawn to her she had something that I didn't have and I knew it and one day I got brave enough to go to her and I sat down she was the only one in the restaurant and she was by herself and I sat down in her booth and I looked at her and I said what do you have that I don't have she said do you have Jesus I was like, what do you mean, do I have Jesus? I'd heard of Jesus. Do you know there's people that are dying and going to hell that think they're saved because they believe that there is a God and they believe that there is a Jesus, but they've never made him their personal Lord and Savior. They've never decided to have an intimate relationship with him. That should grieve our hearts because it grieves our Father's heart. We should, we should be, you know, on our knees praying for the salvation of those that do not know Jesus. We should be aware of every person that we come in contact with throughout the day. Do they know Jesus? Is there something that you want to say to them, Father God? See, we get so wrapped up in the world. The Bible says, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed. People, God, we cannot have our focus on the world all the time and not be conformed to the world. If you don't want to be conformed to the world, then I suggest you separate yourself unto God and say, okay, God, help me here. I'm a little bit too involved with the world. Yes, we are to live here. I think I said a few Sundays ago that, yes, I live in the United States, but I am a citizen of heaven. And sometimes we forget and we think we're first a citizen of the United States. No, that's where I live right now. But I am a citizen of heaven, and I want to learn how to live from heaven so that I can be a light to this world and be salt so that I can make a difference so that people can come to new life and, and come in, you know, sick and, and sin-ridden and, and be able to experience Jesus while they're here and be touched by him and leave healed, whole, saved, delivered, and set free. See, that's what we all want, don't we? But, but we're, we're content of just saying that's what we want, of seeing it in the scripture, but what's living in our hearts? That's what, that's what the Spirit of God is saying to all of us. What is living in our hearts? Let's look at, uh, let's look at 1 Corinthians 6, 19. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19. 
1 Corinthians 6 verse 19 says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Do we live our lives like we're our own? Do we live our lives making our own decisions, our own plans? Or are we surrendered to the Holy Spirit and so aware that he is living in us and that he has a plan and a purpose for our lives? That he has an assignment for us every single day. See, sometimes I wait until I'm in the middle of a situation that I can't handle And then I ask for help and I acknowledge that he is there. Do you think the world would look different if every one of God's children realized that their own life is no longer their life? It's no longer about what Tracy wants. It's no longer about Tracy's plans. But it's about yours, Father God. What would you have me to do today? Who do you have on your heart and on your mind that you would like to use my mouth, my hands, and my feet? Let's go on down to verse 20. For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You know, glorify God. Do we glorify God when we have an attitude about what's going on in our world? And you know, I don't know about you guys, but there's been times that when God will kind of point it out to me and I'll say, well, I didn't say anything. And God will say, yeah, you didn't have to. Your body language said enough. They got the idea. And I'm like, okay, forgive me, Lord forgive me. Is it about what you agree with and what you don't agree with with what's in the world? Or is it about being that light and that salt unto the world and hearing the Father's heart and going forth in the Father's heart? See, sometimes we want to point out sin and we want to point out the darkness but when we do that, we just magnify it. And, and what we end up doing is we actually give it more power and more strength. See, the law empowers sin. But, what, but when we show someone God and show him that love, you know, the, the scripture says that, that perfect love casts out fear and that love never fails. And whenever I say that to somebody, a lot of times they will say, well, so then you're just going to tell them that it's okay that they can live in their sin? No, nope, I'm not going to tell them that it's okay to live in their sin. I'm not going to tell you it's okay to live in your sin. I'm, God doesn't tell me it's okay to live in my sin. But God always loves me even when I'm sinning. And it's his love that brings me to repentance. And so... I, I can be ministering to someone that is really purposely walking in complete darkness and walking in sin. But if I'm listening to the Spirit of God who is living in me, 
And he's going to bring to my remembrance and he's going to give me the words to say. He knows exactly what's in their heart. He knows the pain that caused them to choose to walk in the darkness. See, we don't know that. We just want to judge them. We want to point it out to them. But when, we, when we're listening and we're making that choice to let the Spirit of God flow through us, God will show us how to pray, what to say to them, and be able to minister to them. Sometimes, sometimes he may say, I don't want you to say anything. I just want you praying right now. But see, because we think we know it all and we go with our own wisdom and how we see things and we need to point out, they obviously don't know that they're walking in sin. And then we get into an argument, don't we? I remember when Glenn went, was, was ministering in the jail and when he was bringing different people on, his, on the, the jail group and, and one of them was like, well, we got to make sure that they know that they're, sin- that they've, that they've, that they're sinning and what they're, the way they're living their life is wrong. And, and Glenn said, I said to them, you don't think they know that at this point? <laughs> you know, I mean, they're, they're behind bars. Yeah, they know it. Do you, do you not think that, that people that want to argue with you on whether or not you should accept a certain lifestyle or accept certain, I think that deep down inside they know it's wrong. But what happens is, is when we argue with them, all we do is put a wall up. They just shut down. They aren't interested in hearing, you know, they, they, they want to prove their point. They want, they want to get you to come over and to tell them that it's okay. No, I'm not going to tell them that it's okay, but I am going to tell them that, you know what, that lifestyle brings pain. And the reason that God says not to walk in that lifestyle is because he loves you so much that he doesn't want you in that pain and and want you experiencing what you will be experiencing. I will love you and God loves you even though you're walking in this and he is pursuing you and he wants you to understand his love and he wants you to be able to receive him so that he can set you free. And I'm going to love you and I'm going to pray for you even though I, I don't agree with your lifestyle, with your, with your decisions. See, it changes it changes how people receive us. It changes how they hear. When we go down the road and say, you know what? God says this is sin and this is wrong. And you, and you can't walk there. Either, either they feel like they don't have any power and strength to change it. So then they feel even more hopeless. Or they get defensive and they're like, no, it's okay. You know, for whatever. But love, just gently loving them. You can't, I can't tell you, okay, this is how you love somebody that's, that's choosing to walk against God. But the Holy Spirit can tell you, and it's different for each situation. You can't put God in a box and say, okay, this is how God would have me to respond when I come in contact with somebody that is willingly, in, you know, walking in a different direction than God, that they're willfully sinning. No, you can't do that. You have to listen to the spirit of God that's living on the inside of you. And for that, for that exact moment, 
I've been in situations that have been similar, and each time I'm in a situation, God does it differently every single time. I can't just put him in a box and say, this is how he works. No, he works. You've got to remember, number one, it's relationship, okay? It's not about a formula. It's not about getting your way. It's about you getting out of the way and learning to agree with God and listening to him and allow him to speak through you in every situation, to give you that wisdom, to allow God to show you how to pray so that that person can walk in the freedom that's, that's available to them. Okay, let's look at John 5, verse 19. I mentioned this scripture earlier. John 5, verse 19. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. See, the son can do nothing apart from the father. And what is John John 15, 5 says to us that apart from God, we can do nothing. How much of your life are you trying to do apart from being surrendered and yielded to God? See, you can take your scriptures that you know, that you have memorized, and you can say those and declare those over people. But if you wait and you listen to the Holy Spirit, when you abide, see in John 15 there, he's, it's talking about the vine, that we need to be attached to the vine. The way that we get attached to the vine is by looking up into heaven and getting his perspective on every situation and say, okay, Father God, you know, I need to attach myself. Instead of going in my own wisdom, how I figured out the problem and go and go with my favorite scriptures and declaring my favorite scriptures. That's why we end up frustrated is because we, we've detached ourselves from the life force. We've detached ourselves from the vine and, and we go out and we try to do God's work in our own strength. But when we attach ourselves to the vine and we look up into heaven and we say, okay, you know, God, you know, I got all these scriptures that I'm thinking and, and I know who you are and, and what, you know, what Jesus, when, when Jesus died on that cross, he said, it is finished. So he's already provided everything I need. So that means that whatever I need, God has already provided it. But I need to hook to the source. I need to, I need to get his life flowing in me in the situation, instead of being a know-it-all and go in my own understanding. The Bible says, lean not on your own under understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge God. Acknowledge him. What would you have me do here, Father God? I know you want to do something in this situation. I know that because Jesus died on the cross and he finished the work, I know that healing is provided. I know that deliverance is provided. I know that provision is uh, provided. But I need to hook up to my source. I need to be like Jesus 
And he said, I don't do anything until I hear the Father tell me to do it. Even when we know the scripture, we don't do anything until we hear the Father do it. Does that mean I just sit back and do nothing? No. That means I press in to Father God and I say, okay, God, what, what would you have in this situation? What do you want to do? What do you want to say? What's living in your heart? What are you considering today? What have you been considering for the last three years? Because whatever you've been considering for the last three years, it is, it is directing your life. Amen? You, you can see it when you step back. If you don't step back and look up, you just get carried away. And pretty soon... You catch your life being on a roller coaster. And you got highs. You have really good highs when you look at God. And then when you start looking and considering what's going on in the world and considering all of your circumstances and your situations, pretty soon you're clear down here, aren't you? And, and, you, and you're in the valley. And then you have to deal with hopelessness. People of God, put your heart on the altar and ask God, to show you what's living in your heart. Don't think that just because you understand intellectually what was provided for you at the cross, that that's what's living in your heart. Because if you've been considering a lot of other things that have been the opposite, the thing, remember we started out with the scripture, what you consider is what lives in your heart. And what you consider, you are sensitive to. So if I consider everything that I'm hearing that's going on in the world and everything that I can see that's going on in the world, then it looks to me like that darkness is winning. And yet when I go to the word of God and I stop and I look up into heaven and I see that God already conquered the darkness. He already defeated the enemy. Then I know, okay, wait a minute, God, flood my heart here because I need a deeper understanding because according to what I see in my heart is it looks pretty dark out there, right? And then, then I end up getting motivated by my flesh and my flesh cannot produce what my spirit already has in it. If I want to be an overcomer, if I want to see God's promises manifested in my life, I've got to first look up to heaven. I have to consider what are you considering here, Father God. Glenn and I were having this discussion the other day and I said to him, I said, you know, I don't quite understand why God would have us to pray for Israel every single day when in his word, he tells us exactly what he's going to do. You know, that this, you know, I will do this. And, and Glenn said, you know, the reason that he has had us to pray that every single day is because he wants us to learn how to stay sensitive to him and yielded to him. And what, what that does is that makes us come into agreement with him. And I went, oh, yeah, 
that really makes sense. You know, what, what is prayer about? Prayer is not about moving God, people of God. Prayer is about us coming into alignment with what God is showing us. And then when he shows us that, we speak forth what he shows us in his authority and in his power and in his life and in his strength. See, that's what, that's what prayer is about. The reason God tells us to tithe and to give is because he wants our hearts to stay sensitive towards him and that he is our provider. And as we, oh, you know, I remember when Glenn and I first got saved and we really thought we were doing something good if we put $20 in the offering, you know, and then we started reading in the scriptures and we saw that God wanted 10% of our, of our paycheck. And I remember looking at Glenn and saying, how is that going to work? Because right now it takes you know by the end of the month we're out of money and both of us were like well I guess I don't know but it also says that you know are we going to rob from God and we're like nope we're not going to rob from God we'll rob from ourselves we'll do without food we'll do without whatever it takes because God said to give us to give him 10 percent well you know we became real legalistic about that and we did that which was great for quite a while and then God took us a little bit deeper showed us and taught us about offering and about alms and about first fruits. And he started showing. And do you know that each step that he, that he showed us and that we started walking in, our hearts got more tender towards him. And, you know, we can say that everything that we own is God's until he tells you to give it away, you know, or until you go to the grocery store and it and it's costing you double of what it used to cost you and and you get frustrated and it's like it makes you mad because it's like well I don't want to spend my money that way right oh did that come back to this is my plan see if God is my source it doesn't matter how he tells me how to spend the money right but, but what happens is, is I get this mentality, what lives in my heart is that, okay, well, this part's yours, God, but this is my part. And I have a plan, I have a budget, and this is the way it's supposed to go. We can't put God in a box, right? We have to remind ourselves, God is infinite. He has no boundaries. He has no limits. And we are finite. We have boundaries. We have limits. I get to make a choice on a daily moment, moment by moment. Do I want to live by my standards and by my boundaries and my limits? Or do I want to step over here and live from the supernatural and live and watch God move in my life and in other people's lives? That is the difference, people, God, of living, living from your natural understanding, your intellect, how you understand the word of God, and from living from what the Holy Spirit has made alive in your hearts. Thank you very much. Father, I thank you for your word. And Father, may you forever burn this word in our hearts. Father, I ask in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the power of your spirit that you would strengthen each and every one of us, that you would give us that wisdom, that you would flood that understanding into our hearts to live from the supernatural and not from the natural. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. 
To subscribe to our podcast, search New Life Eckley in all of the major podcasting apps. Audio and video of our sermons are posted at newlifeeckley.com slash live, and you can watch Sermon Slices weekdays on social media. Search at New Life Eckley. Our main service is at 10 a.m. Mountain Time every Sunday. Thanks for listening.